0: All right, welcome back to yet another episode of Picked Off on KCR College Radio. I am your host, Jason Freund, and my co-hosts brought to you next to me, introducing
1: themselves. I'm Andrew Finley. Oh, geez. I didn't even hook up my mic yet. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all over the place today.
0: Yeah, we're recording this on a... Uh, on November 4th, Wednesday, November 4th, apparently something big was going down yesterday. Something really huge. Do you guys know it was actually National Sandwich Day yesterday?
2: Yeah, oh. I knew what.
0: Yeah, it was National Sandwich Day.
1: And then we got two old men fighting for a White House. And it got a block sandwich day. That's disappointing. I know, man. What day for America. I know. Seriously, how
0: can you ignore sandwich day in the United States of America? That's just a crime. That should be a There's crime. So many
1: you. different directions you can go with that too. Like it's peanut, a butter yeah. peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, you can even have like a cheeseburger or something. A hot dog is a sandwich too, by the way. Which you,
0: you think hot dog is a sandwich? You really going there?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, technically, it's a piece of it's a piece of meat between one between one little piece of bread it sounds like a
1: sandwich let's not get into this right now jason we have a whole <laughs> hour of sports show we got to go over right now we can jason talk about just this afterwards jason just write this on a sticky note and we'll get to it later yeah we'll get to it after because i do have a have a very easy case for this <laughs> <laughs> a very easy case for this
2: just off. We not sticky note. Yeah,
0: we talk about everything on this show. So Daniel, just start.
2: write a sticky note that says "hot dog and sandwich from Finley on 114." We'll get to that later. I'm
0: writing this down. Actually, I'm legit writing this down <laughs> as we speak. which equals. Okay, we have a lot to cover today. So a pretty big news coming out yesterday in terms of baseball, or not yesterday, maybe a couple of days ago. In terms of baseball, we have actually announced, or baseball has announced the Baseball Writers of Association of America has announced their picks for essentially the big awards, like, you know, the most, the important ones. You know, there's Gold Gloves announced a few, like a couple weeks ago. They're yet to announce Silver Slugger, but the big ones have finally been announced. So MVP, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, and Cy Young have, the finalists have all been announced. And we have three Padres in there, surprisingly, None for Cy Youngs. I kind of was expecting or hoping that the Nelson LeMet would be there, but I guess not. That's just a shame. But as, as for MVP, you got Manny Machado as the uh, as the finalist for the Padres. Rookie of the Year, I think it's pretty safe to say that Jake Cronworth got that nomination. And for Manager of the Year is Jace Tingler. All three of those men very deserving. and I do believe they're very good choices. Each of them have a strong case to
2: win an award to bring home some, some hardware. Yeah, I think they do. I think you look at the season that, you know, this team had, you know, when you put you, when you win 37 games in a 60 game format, that's about equivalent to 99 win 162 game season. And usually in that type of year, it'd be at the top. Um, of the game in that year and you look at oh, obviously we talked about last week you know how much jay Singer was a part of this team and what he meant in his first year you know we talked about you know time and time about Manny machado and that 300 million dollar contract but really you know really this year starting to put that to work here in 2020 then you have jake cronenworth the rookie you know being able to be versatile you know to take over for Eric Hosmer to start off the year with that gastritis issue that he had to to play some shortstop when Tatis uh, needed a break to, and then to fill that second base spot.
1: Yeah. And I think this just capitalizes every, all three of these awards capitalize what made the Padres really successful this year. We've been talking about this future for a decade that it was going to come and we signed Manny Machado to big money and look at, he's a, he was a gold glove candidate. He, and he's now up for MVP. Like that's just proving what he's worth right there. And it's only the second year, but that's still, that's very significant toward, it's a big step forward. And Jay Cronenworth, like you he said, he's a rookie, earning rookie of the year this year, coming out of nowhere. Just like the Padres this year, he perfectly personifies the Padres. You know, a little bit of movement, AJ Proer knows how to do that. And then the Padres just, exploded just like Jake Cronenworth did this year and and all that came together because Jace Tingler glued this team together it all these awards they make a lot of sense all these nominations make a lot of sense and it's just it it puts this season together so well the story so well I should say I think
0: Tingler and that coaching the coaching staff in particular was kind of that glue that held the Padres together during this like COVID-19 era because all the learning, all the teaching that they went through, it came from that coaching staff headlined by Jace Tingler, who was still learning on the job. He had to kind of adjust to a lot of things. He made some rookie mistakes. Yes, he did. I will admit that. But there were also times where you could see there was real potential there as a manager.
1: And he in, he's in like his late 30s, isn't he? Yeah, he's or still pretty like really young. Early 40s, he's young. Mm-hmm. Her
0: manager, he's definitely young.
2: I don't know if you guys were watching um, MLA Network announce the awards, but did you hear the part when they said Fernando Tatis should have been with the MVPs?
0: They said that. Yeah. I was not watching that part. I, I actually wasn't able to catch on catch the ah, uh, oh, what was it? The, the awards show. I think I had to do something that day, but hmm. I did not know that. No, but yeah. I, I really do think that Tatis kind of deserves a spot, but because there's only three members there, it's kind of hard to slot him in. And plus, Machado did steal some votes from him.
1: Yeah, I think at an age at age 21, Tatis not getting in this year, has nothing to worry about. He's shown what he can do, and he did slump for a, sig- a pretty significant amount of time, a couple weeks there, toward the end of the year, that took away some votes. Um, so I think. I think this year he didn't deserve MVP, just in my opinion. Padres MVP, oh my gosh, yeah, he's he's a spark plug. But as you know, this MVP award is almost strictly um, statistics based, and Tatis had a really great year. I think he can be even better though. So this wasn't his MVP year, but his MVP year is still coming, like for sure. He's he's definitely gonna win an MVP at some point in his
0: future. I, I don't want to jinx anything, but I think, knock on wood, that I think he's going to win an MVP sooner or later. So, we here, the three of us, have decided to what if we were in charge of the BBWAA? What if we got to decide who was the MVP, who was the Cy Young, yada, 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 all that? We have all come up with picks to determine who, in our opinion, would be the MVP in the National League and the American League. So, Gentlemen, if you don't mind, I would like to explain my picks first for the American League and what I would think. You want to go one by one? Sure, let's do it one by one. Let's go with, uh, let's start with, the, let's start with the big ones, MVP for American League and National League. I would like to explain my picks first, if you don't mind. Go for it. All right. For it. American League, the MVPs in the American League, we have Jose Abreu of the White Sox, DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. And a surprise pick coming at the very end, Jose Ramirez of Cleveland. He, uh, he got really hot towards the end of the season. And I think that's kind of what buoyed him over there into that top three spot. But I think in if I were to pick the MVP, I think that I would go with DJ LeMahieu. Hmm. I'm going with LeMahieu because looking at his stats right now in 2020, they are just incredible. His strikeout rate decreased dramatically. His walks, he, he walked more. He struck out less. His isolated power jumped up a little bit more. He posted a WRC plus of 177. And plus, his batting average was legitimately 364. And also, he's posting an OPS of over what, 900? That is easy. over 1,000. Yeah, his OPS is over 1,000. That is an amazing OPS to have. Statistically, I think he may have been one of the better, one of the best contact hitters in the game this year. And that's kind of what helped the Yankees get get as far as they did in the playoffs, is because of DJ LeMayu. And now, he's going to be getting paid in free agency. Adding that MVP hardware is only going to make that money go way up. And now, for the National League, we also got, alongside Machado, we've got Mookie Betts, Los Angeles Dodgers. Again, thank you very much Boston for being cheap and wanting to save money so thank you boston for that and freddie freeman of the atlanta braves a really good story there fun fact actually freddie freeman amongst my brother but like me and my brother we have the inside joke where every time we play fantasy baseball he always picks freddie freeman on his like on his fancy baseball team like no never lie like
1: first round it will be freddie freeman you will always that's go fun. that's that's a good base like i don't blame him that's a very solid pick but
0: in terms of voting for MVP, I will agree with my brother here. I'm going to say my pick for MVP is Freddie Freeman of the Braves. What that man had to go through just to actually play baseball, because he got hit with COVID. He that COVID came down on him and it it, it beat him up. Like, and he's a he's in the prime of his life right now. He's still in his mid-20s. For Freddie Freeman to come back, have the season that he had all while leading the Braves to the playoffs. And, yeah, they choked against the Dodgers. But still, they got there. And it was because of Freddie Freeman. He has spent so much time in Atlanta there. I think at this point, he deserves that MVP. So my picks for MVP, DJ LeMahieu for the American League and Freddie Freeman in the National League.
1: Interesting picks. Uh, should I go next?
0: Uh, Brevin, you good, you good with uh, Finley going
2: next? Yeah, go for it, Andrew.
1: All right. Um, for we're talking MVP here. Um, you chose DJ LeMahieu. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go with Jose Abreu. He's been. This is a guy who's been in this league for I want to say seven seasons now, and he's had a couple All Star games, but he hasn't gotten the recognition that he's deserved. And he was second in the American League in home runs. He was first in RBIs. He was third third technically second but third because two guys were tied for first third place in run scored he had the highest slugging percentage out of any one of the american league and he he led this white Sox team to a postseason for the first time since 2005 i believe it, 2007 one of those two he he led them there dj lemay who had a good year he didn't have the pop he doesn't have have the flashiness. Um, and he's on a good New York team, so he can be very easily overshadowed. Jose Ramirez had a really strong finish and a really strong season, but I don't think he beats out Lamehu, never mind Jose Abreu. So, uh, Jose Abreu is my pick for the American League MVP and for the National League. Now, there's a lot of discrepancy here because a lot of people said that, um, Tatis could have been in it. I really think. Uh, Marcelo Zuna should have been a nominee. Same with Juan Soto; those guys had magnificent seasons. But if I were to pick, I have one of these three. I agree with Jason. I'm picking uh, Freddie Freeman. He was on top of the leaderboard and average all year. Same, he, he didn't have the pop that he usually had, but he was still driving in runs. Following Ozuna with 53, um, he led the National League in run scored. His on base percentage was second best to Juan Soto. Now you're starting to see why I, I thought Ozuno or Juan Soto could be in this race as well. He he was second place to Juan Soto in slugging percentage. So besides Juan Soto and maybe Marcel Ozuna, I really think Freddie Freeman's the MVP of the National League.
0: Two votes for Freddie Freeman already. Will he get the sweep in this one? And Jose Breu. I do. I do agree with you. Jose Abreu has not had a lot of recognition that he should have because he's a solid ball player. I just still think. I, I still think I like Lemayu more because of the contact and the consistent batting average that he brings to plate. pest yeah, just a best the play, But they're both. Like, they're both. Both of them are amazing players. So both that's really say, good seasons too.
2: You can make a good argument for either one.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see if I Brevin's really- got any different opinions.
2: No, I don't. They're. I've got Jose Abreu in the American league and I do have Freddie Freeman in the national league. It's primarily the same reasons. I mean, you look at 60 RBIs. Did we think a player was going to, out of all the things that we thought of in 2020, where we thought about, you know, 15 home runs or whatever, that number, was 20, 20 home runs. Did we think someone was going to have 60 RBIs in 2020 or you know, all these different numbers and projections. Yeah, you know, well, someone actually got 60 RBIs, and that was Jose Abreu, and that led the American League. You have, he had 76 hits in 2020, and was one of the few that played the entire 60 games for a White Sox team that, you know, like Finley said, um, you know, led this team to a playoff, uh, playoffs for the first time, you know, in a good number of years. And then you look at Freddie Freeman, how has he not won an MVP in the last uh since he's been in the league? You know, for what he's done for Atlanta, you know, it's kind of similar to what Tony Gwynn's done here in San Diego, I think. You know, obviously it's two different generations, but you look at Freddie Freeman, the way he's just able to hit the ball just in terms of contact rather than just an actual power first baseman. And I think the first basemans here in twenty twenty were actually good and I think a little bit better here in 2020. I mean, you look at Luke Voigt um, who led the American League with 22 home runs.
0: Yeah, I mean, really I do think that Freeman it's, it's it's overdue. It's long overdue for him. He's he just had an amazing career and adding an MVP I honestly think it guarantees him a spot in the Hall of Fame. I'm putting that down right now.
1: That's fair. Mm-hmm. And I want to add to something that Brevin said about Jose Abreu, how he played all 60 games. This is a guy who's missed, except for in 2018, where I think he went on the deal for like the first time in his career. This is a guy who plays pretty much every single game. He's not an Man; He doesn't play every single game, but he's played pretty much every single game. He's been consistent his entire career. And for him to have this type of season, I think now's the time. He deserves to be recognized at MVP should be all Jose Breeze. I think the same can be said for Freddie Freeman. I haven't haven't looked, but I he's been pretty consistent his entire career. And like you guys said, it's pretty shocking that he hasn't even won an MVP yet. So these are two guys who haven't gotten a ton of attention in the past. Who this is finally their shot, and it, it this is good for Major League Baseball, in my opinion.
0: All right. So after MVPs, I say it's time to move on to Rookie of the Year. Now, the American League, I honestly think in terms of Rookie of the Year, the American League was a little weaker in terms of Rookie of the Year because you have Christian Javier of the Houston Astros, pitcher, Kyle Lewis from the Seattle Mariners, and Luis Robert, or Robert, Robert. Robert, I'm not sure how he actually pronounces it, but I think it's Robert of the Chicago White Sox. Looking at their numbers, I wasn't really impressed by a lot of them, in terms of like stats and stuff, but if I am going to go with a with a rookie of the year from the American League, I am honestly going to give it to Kyle Lewis from Seattle. That is on that is going to be my pick there because Kyle Lewis made his debut last year, but it was only like a cup of coffee. 18 games, he didn't really play a lot, but he had six home runs in those in that in last year during 2019. In 2020, he bumped it up to 11. And his walks, he had a 14% walk rate as opposed to a 29.3% strikeout rate. And, you know, his numbers were actually still pretty darn good. WRC plus of 126. And if I can do some quick math right here, his his on-base percentage plus slugging or OPS, 801. Still pretty good for, for a rookie, especially on a Seattle team that has been struggling to find actual consistent production. I think that's good. I I really think that Kyle Lewis is going to be a sleeper pick in this Rookie of the Year contention. Now, for the National League, other than Jake Cronenworth, we have Alec Bone from Philadelphia and Devin Williams in Milwaukee. I heard a lot of chatter looking at some uh, Milwaukee boards talking about Alec Williams being just a dominant pitcher. Really good, solid there for them. Milwaukee does need that. But if we're going for rookie of the year, I don't want to show my bias here, but I think it's pretty clear that it's going to be Jake Cronenworth. I my pick will easily be Cronenworth because of what you said, leading the leading all of base leading all of baseball and rookies for extra base hits, his versatility he can play practically anywhere, his performances in the playoffs he just showed how again how versatile the kid is. He's just the He's the kind of guy the Padres need, that kind of person you can plug and play anywhere. Yeah, he's got second base locked in, but at the same time, you can put him in shortstop. You can put him at first base. You can even throw him in third base. He can pitch for God's sake. Yeah, Jake Cronenworth is going to be my rookie of the year, no questions asked. Those are my picks. So, Lewis and Cronenworth.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I got Lewis and Cronenworth as well. Luis Robert and Kyle Lewis were kind of having a head-to-head race for the rookie of the year. And then Luis Robert faded at the finish line a little bit. He only had like a 237 batting average. Uh, He was explosive. He's definitely going to be a really exciting player to watch. He was a gold glove candidate. If he didn't win it, um, he was a candidate. And Kyle Lewis, I think he could have also been in that conversation for gold glove. Made some pretty spectacular plays in the outfield. Despite having... He had a a good offensive season, but it wasn't anything absolutely outstanding. 801 OPS is really good. 11 home runs, pretty standard for the season. 262 batting average, pretty good. Five stolen bases. You know, I think as far as American League Rookie of the Year, it just came down to who's the most consistent. And that was Kyle Lewis at the end of the day. So he gets my vote. Now, I was doing some research just now on the three players for National League Rookie of the Year. And this race is actually a lot closer than you think. Alec Boehm had a pretty spectacular season in Philadelphia. I don't know what he did defensively, but his offensive numbers, I'm telling you right now, they're they are actually better than Jake Cronenworth's. If, and I'm not trying to be biased. I, I do think Jake Cronenworth takes it because he – I don't want to see I I I'd say he's a four-tool player. Let's see, he can he can hit, he can field, he can run. That's three, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> you can throw? No, I know there's a fourth one. It's I'm just not thinking of it. He's a good good baseball mind. He he can get on base. He's patient at the plate. Um. He can play shortstop, second base. My my vote's for Jake Cronenworth, but Alec Boehm. And Devin Williams, who was the National League Reliever of the Year, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh yeah, his ERA was like 0.33. And all of us like his FIP and xFIP were under one, too. This guy was insane.
1: I could be wrong in that. It, it might have been someone else, but he had an amazing year. Jay Kernworth was again, he was consistent, and he gets my vote for a National League Rookie of the Year. All right.
0: Now we have, so it seems like right now we have two votes for Kyle Lewis and two votes for Mr. Cronenworth. Now, Mr. Honda,
2: what are your opinions here? Or are they just similar to ours? I'll tell you this, Kyle Lewis is going to have three and Jake Cronenworth is going to have three. <laughs> clean sweep. It's going to be a clean sweep. You know, you look at, you know, we brought it up with the average with Kyle Lewis um, versus Luis Ro- Robert, you know, you know, a 30-point difference just in that category, almost 60 points in the on-base percentage, and it's about the same in the slug game, and I think that's the difference in terms of Kyle Lewis being that consistent player uh, more than Luis Robert here in 2020. I think when you think about these type of awards, you kind of also have to think about which player would you want to have for your team? Do you want to have Luis Robert or would you rather have Kyle Lewis? And I think Based on these stats, I think I'd rather have Kyle Lewis. Mm-hmm. On the National League side, you look at, you know, the type of season Jake Cronenworth had we brought up the versatility that he brought to this team, brought to the Padres, you know, to to at first be a bench piece, but then to find his way into the starting role at second base. You know, Jake Cronenworth found a way to get that starting role. He played in Played in 54 games. We bring up the 15 doubles that he had in 2020, you know, and the 285 bat, uh, batting average, you know, as well. And most of that during the, most of the season was above 300. Mm-hmm. And that's the consistency that Jake Cronenworth had to this team where it wasn't like a Kyle Lewis where you didn't have another star on that team, where here on the Padres, you have Machado and Hosmer and Tatis. You know, and so Jake currently was able to just play his game.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like all three of those guys. I think Alec Boehm's actually has a good chance of coming through and taking this away from Cornworth. But, but and I don't even know what's going to happen in the American League because that's really tight right there in terms of how all three of those can going to be competing with each other. It's going to be a good race nonetheless. So after rookies – Why go from rookies, but they need a good manager to guide them throughout there. So we now lead to manager of the year. We have some good ones here, actually. There's some pretty good selections here. American League, Kevin Cash, Tampa Bay Rays, Charlie Montoya, Toronto Blue Jays, and, weird enough, Rick Renteria, former Padre for the Chicago White Sox, which is weird because legendary bench coach. Yeah, legendary bench coach, but uh, he got fired – by the White Sox because they saw AJ Hinch was available, and they didn't sign him because they went for Tony La Russa instead. But still, I, I'm not even going to talk about how weird that is. They fired Renteria now he's up for Manager of the Year. That's uh, they might be punched in some air right now, but well, they're lost. But for me, American League, I think it's a race between Cash and Montoya, basically Montoya. This is it's a two man race between them. And, yeah, Cash got got to the – he got them to the World Series. And Montoya only got them to just as far in the playoffs. But in terms of who I would rather have as a manager and how they did turning their teams around, for the American League, I am going to pick Charlie Montoya as my manager of the year because of how he did with Toronto. Toronto Toronto wasn't that great last year. They They were okay, but they weren't great. For him to turn that team around and bring them to the playoffs is kind of like what we saw with Jace Tingler. That's kind of how I see similar. And it seems like his players respect him. And he has that playoff experience. Now they just got to build on it. And yet yeah, he didn't get to the World Series. But I can see it happening in their future. they just got to keep building at it. That's going to be my pick. Now for the National League, we do have Jace Tingler there. But we also have Don Mattingly, Miami Marlins, And surprisingly enough, David Ross from the Chicago Cubs. I was kind of perplexed by the picks. I'm like, wait, David Ross, the former player, the guy who tamed for the Cubs, and they got eliminated in the playoffs. That David Ross, okay. I didn't think he would get put up there. I really thought it was good to the Cardinals manager for his spot, Mike Schilt, but it went to David Ross instead. But I know we talked about Jace Tingler. And everything he's done with the team but he had a lot of help at that time he wasn't it wasn't just him running the show there was a lot of things going on That's why if i'm going to pick a manager of the year it is going to be don mattingly don mattingly will be my manager of the year because he was basically running a triple a team for half the season because the moderns got struck with COVID. they were one of the first teams to get a hit with the COVID outbreak and now the fact that he had, basically took that team and led them to the playoffs to play them having like what, less than 5% chance getting into the playoffs. That is a sign of a manager that, that kept his head and kept his cool during a time of great stress. He's been here before. He knows what he's doing here. He's been with the Dodgers, been with the Yankees, but now bringing that with the Marlins. And the fact that it might've just saved his job. I think this is perfect timing for him to get the manager of the year award. So my picks Montoyo and Mattingly. I don't know if you guys have any different, but. Go ahead and say.
1: I'm going to start with the NL real quick because it's pretty obvious. I really think Don Manningly, is going to win manager of the year in the national league. Jace Tingler brought the Padres to the playoffs for the first time, 14 years. And he had a really, really good season. Um, Second, arguably the second best team in the national league after being last place in the NL West just a year ago, David Ross is, a question mark because it's been the same team since 2016 with a few exceptions they're just gonna milk that David Ross is the manager until they can't get anything out of it anymore so I think that's why he's there Don Mattingly this was a team that wasn't that was supposed to be in the basement this season like the Padres people could say oh yeah they, they're gonna be pretty good this year Cubs they're always pretty competitive because that central is um a real toss-up but The Marlins were supposed to be stomped this year. They're supposed to be the worst team in that division behind the Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Braves. But Don Mattingly brought this team from nothing to something that was pretty good. They don't have any big names either, not to mention all the COVID crap they went through. Mm -hmm. And they were able to make it to the playoffs for the first time since 2003 and win a series. He did an amazing job this year and, he truly does deserve the 20 – no one deserves a 2020 award more than Don Mattingly as yeah. the Miami Marlins manager. That, that one was pretty obvious to me. For the American League, you brought up a good argument for Montoyo. I don't think Renteria gets it because he had a really slow, sloppy end of the season that cost the White Sox a really big playoff spot. I mean, yeah. they made the playoffs, but they went from like a two or three seed to a seven seed – because of they a really, felt, really poor rest of the season. Yeah. But my money's my money is with Kevin Cash this Yay. season. Charlie Montoyo, to his credit, brought a team that wasn't very good last year and made them overperform. They're a young team. There's this is what the level that they're supposed to be playing at in a couple years. And he did that. But Kevin Cash has that that team, the race team, has such a low payroll. And to be as dominant as they were, that pitching staff was untouchable. And to be able to get wins with that lineup that doesn't have any pop at all and make a World Series, it's hard to argue Kevin Cash being manager of the year, manager of the year. In my opinion, just everything that he, he's he was giving he was giving popsicle sticks and glue to work with in his uh, lineup. And he just made it work. He made a World Series with it. So, Kevin Cash is my pick for the American League. And Don Mattingly, clearly, landslide, manager of the year for the National League.
0: Now, my question to you is, for you have Kevin Cash, your manager of the year. Do you think that decision in game six to pull Blake Snell, will that affect him? In no. The
1: voting? No, I think this is strictly regular season. Okay. So, yeah. All right.
2: All right. Uh, now, Brevin, what do you got for us? God, after hearing your points, I really don't know who to pick. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, when you look at between Kevin Cash and Charlie Montoyo, you know, you think about this Toronto team that beginning of the year, a few days before, didn't even know where they were going to play to start off the year, whether they were going to play in Toronto, whether they were going to play in Baltimore or Pittsburgh, and then they end up in Buffalo out of all places. And then you think about Kevin Cash and the circumstances that he that he has with his franchise. You know, you think about the the low the low salaries that they have within their franchise to get to the World Series for for that organization for the first time since 2008. You think about you know what Toronto has with Fly Jr. Kevin Busio and what like Finley said and being a couple of years away. And this is tough pick, but I'm going to have to go with Kevin Cash. I think when you're a team that doesn't, when you're a small market team and there's a good amount of small market teams out there, but when you're a small market team and you can get to the world series, let alone make the playoffs, you're doing something a lot other managers can't do. And I'm going to have to go with Kevin Cash on this one. On the, on the national league side, I'm going to have to go with Don Mattingly, and I think it's because of what he had to go through this year in terms of the COVID-19 stuff to only have five guys, the entire roster, not have COVID, and but still get them to a playoff spot, and then for them to beat David Ross and the Cubs in the wildcard series.
0: Okay. Man, I'm really the only one rooting for Charlie Montoya here. I'm the only one who's pulled for him.
1: All right. I What a terrible pick. I I completely forgot Brevin's point that they didn't even know they were going to play in Buffalo until like a week before the season started. That was a, that's a really valid point, you know, because there's no home field advantage anymore. And they don't even know where their home home is going to be the Buffalo Blue Jays.
0: All right. So we have one last one and now it is, it is time for, Cy Young Award, which I'm still disappointed to Nelson Lema isn't there. But there are some good can there are some some still pretty good com, good um picks here. If I can pull up the script real quick and look for it. Ah, here we are. So American League, we have Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians. We have Kenta Maeda, former dodger, now now playing for Minnesota. And Hyun Jin-Ryu, another former dodger out there. Now he's playing in Toronto. Again. Another reason Toronto made the playoffs. Now for Cy Young in the, oh my God, the National League. I lost my train of thought that for a second. We've got Trevor Bauer, Cincinnati. I mean, if you don't know who Trevor Bauer is, then I don't think you're paying attention to Twitter or to baseball at all because Trevor Bauer has been basically all over the place. You got Yu Darvish, Chicago Cubs, had a really good bounce back season for him. I mean, he's earned that contract this year and he was going off the wall. And you have Jacob deGrom. Familiar name, familiar face, he's won it before. Still a great pitcher for the Mets. They just got a new owner too, congratulations to the Mets. Now they're not owned by the coupons. So it's honestly a really tight race for this one because both all three in the American League and the National League are deserving of this. But I've been looking through it all, trying to determine who wins what and trying to go with who wins what you know what I'm trying to say here I'm honestly for the American League I'm my pick is going to be for Shane Bieber that is my pick for the American League and the reason I'm having that is because yeah he got blown up in the playoffs he got he got spanked in the playoffs Yankees just completely demolished him but still the man had an ERA of 1.63 with an FIP of 2.07 and an XF, XFIP, XFIP of 2.04. Those are astonishingly low numbers for a starting pitcher. He kept kept the ground ball rate down 48%. His his strikeouts even jumped up. Yeah, the walks went up a little bit, but it came with the amount of strikeouts because in 2019, he had a 10.88K per nine, but in 2020, that jumped up to 14.20. Those are big. That's going to be my guy. It's going to be Shane Bieber. I'm going to ignore the the postseason and I go strict just to the regular season for this. Now for the National League, I was kind of bouncing back in between who could should get what because both all three of these guys had really good seasons. And I don't know if this is the right pick at the end of the day, but it's the one that I'm sold on right now. Because what I'm going to go with is you, Darvish. That is going to be my pick. It was either Darvish or Bauer. Both of them, like, even like as I'm talking right now, it was head-to-head. Like, I didn't know who to pick. They were both did so good this year. The reason I'm picking Darvish is because he had that bounce back year. Because Darvish struggled in his last few seasons with the Cubs to the point where they're even thinking, should we trade this guy? Should we Caught him. But Darvish had went insane too. ERA two point zero one, FIP two point two three, xFIP two point eight two, strikeout rate of eleven point zero one, walk rate went down to one point six six. He was giving up one point six six home HR per nine last year in twenty nineteen, but in twenty twenty that home run home run rate went down to zero point five nine. Yeah, that is. Great, because he's finally limiting the amount, the hard right, hard contact. He's not going to have any home runs, and he's increasing the amount of strikeouts. And with that arsenal of his, that's huge. The Cubs needed a guy like this, especially now with John Lester and free agency. They're going to need him to keep this up, and I really think that you, Darvish, can keep it up. So my picks, Shane Bieber and you, Darvish.
1: I'm going to agree with you with – Shane Bieber, and before I start, I just want to say, similar to MVP being the best, MVP is supposed to be to go to the best player that season. The Cy Young is supposed to go to the best pitcher that season, and Shane Bieber was undoubtedly the top pitcher in the American League, if not in all of baseball in 2020. He led all the whole American League in ERA, wins, strikeouts, and batting average with a 167 seven batting average against opponent batting average, I just to say, that, that's a pretty incredible. He was second and whip behind Kenton Maeda. But for all this, for the, those reasons and all the reasons you said already, Shane Bieber is clearly, in my opinion, the best pitcher in the American League Cy Young winner 2020. Now for the National League, I'm going back to what I said just a second ago. We're talking about the best pitcher in that league. And when you look at who was on top of all the, all these leaderboards, Trevor Bauer is top five. If not at the top of a lot of leaderboards, he was on top in ERA. He was on top in whip with a 0.79 whip. He was on top with opponent batting average to 1.59. Batters couldn't hit this guy. He only had five wins. That's not very good. he, Got hundred strikeouts this season. He pitched in I don't know, seventy-three innings. That's a K through nine over nine. That's just incredible. Trevor Bauer gets my pick. So Shane Bieber for the American League. Trevor Bauer for the National League for Cy Young Award. Again,
0: those were really good. Like I said, it, for me, it was so hard to pick either Bauer or Darvish. I mean, like, like who do you pick? They're both so good. Everyone in the Young is so good this year. So who do you
2: pick? All right, Brevin, what do you got? Surprisingly, Finley, I, like I got the same two picks you do. I think with Shane Bieber, you know, eight wins in 12 games that you start is really good. I think when, you know, you have a pitcher that does that. It's, you know, Shane Bieber, 77 innings, only giving up 14 runs just one hit-by-pitch hit by batter shows you um, the control that he had here in 2020. Then you talk about the whip, that 0.87 whip to lead all American League starting pitchers, and then do com- uh, complement that with a 0.167 opponent batting average. I think Shane Bieber was just lights off, and I think about the NL side, and I think about Shane Bieber's former teammate, Trevor Bauer. 11th game starts, you know, we might have had five wins, but... A lot of those was because of the, the the weaker offense that the Reds had. Um, you know, obviously they don't have as much as the firepower hitting that the Indians do, but eleven games, eleven starts for Trevor Bauer, two two complete shutouts here in twenty twenty for him. You know, we bring up the hundred strikeouts, the width, the, the opponent batting average against the one fifty nine. And and I thought Trevor Bauer was wiped out here in twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. just want to add that Trevor Bauer also he added that juice that the Reds needed to push themselves to a postseason spot because their offense was hor- I wanted I shouldn't say it was horrible, but it was definitely underperforming. Their pitching staff wasn't was doing pretty good, but they could have been doing better. And Trevor Bauer added that spark, and he's that spark in baseball right now that is standing up to Manfred. That's not a reason he'll win Cy Young, but he's just. He's just a really easy guy to like. And in my opinion, that's just – it's an easy Cy Young award for me. Trevor Yeah. He's
0: also going to get paid in free agency. He, is, Someone's going to pay that, man. He's already – he already came yeah. out and said – he already came out and said, whoever offers me the most money, that's where I'm going to go. Like, whoever gives me the most dollars, he's going to sign with that team. He's going to be expensive, but he knows his worth. He's kind of like the Conor McGregor of baseball right now. So now, with all of that out of the way, now we have, well, everything is out of the way for baseball writers. So those are our picks for who should win MVP, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, and Cy Young. We also have some decisions that came out yesterday, which is weird because why would baseball announce the Gold Glove winners? We're talking about the Gold Glove now, but why would they announce the Gold Glove winners on election night? I mean, if you're trying to, like, market your business and trying to market your sport, why would you announce uh, announce winners on one of the biggest political nights in the world?
1: For people who don't care about politics.
2: Yes. Like <laughs> I shouldn't say I
1: don't care, but, I mean, it's for people who... I, I, I thought it was a good idea. You know, take the people who are stressed out about the election, and they love baseball, or just sports in general. Hey, let's check out who won these awards and give people a distraction from this really, really weird election year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can see... I get you. I get your point, Finley. I still think it's weird because there's it, just not going to be as many eyeballs on these awards as there could have been if you had it, like, on Monday or on Sunday, even. Heck, maybe you saved it until, like, Friday or Saturday.
1: Yeah, but then you're blogging out Monday night football on Monday and then Sunday night football on Sunday. That so, is true. So, so what do you want Jason <laughs> do you want to block the true. election or do you want to block other sports we're a sports podcast here
0: that is true and I'm I, I, and look in my opinion if the election were to be determined by me I would have this be like a WWE hell in a cell cage match
2: not that, with that, you guys true. over 70 Jason
0: oh come on dude. Trump was in the uh, Trump was in WWE for a bit he tackled Vince McMahon how long ago was that though Okay, okay, you win that one. You win that prime.
1: Dude, I haven't... I, I'm not a religious WWE watcher guy, but I watched it a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, is this what people watch? Like, is this a normal thing in families on, like, Friday nights?
0: It's gotten a little silly. It has. We're past the Attitude Era now. We're past Stone Cold and John Cena and The Rock. Now it's all kinds of
1: weird. I could see... It, you know what would be fun? is if I got like, or if any of us just got like all of our friends and got really drunk and then just turned on. <laughs> oh, and then we started doing it to ourselves, flipping each other on table. Oh that, that sounds like a blast.
2: It like, does, sound like a, a, it a does
1: blast. sound like
0: a blast. a lot of fun, to be honest. But we're getting off topic here. Gold glove winners. We had two for the Padres, which is kind of surprising because I thought Tatis and Cronenworth would be there. But I guess baseball said no, or at least Rawlings said no. Manny Machado, who lost the gold glove to Nolan Arenado, which is weird because I thought Machado had better numbers and better advanced numbers than Arenado. But then Trent Grisham in center field beats out Ronald Acuna and Cody freaking Bellinger to win the gold <laughs> glove award. Yeah, that Cody Bellinger, the guy who robbed Fernando Tatis Jr. of a home run in the playoffs. Feels so, good, man. Yeah, like Feels in good. the – Last year's MVP in center field, and now the Dodgers are still mad about that, but whatever. Who cares about what they think? Trent Grisham is the first San Diego Padre to win a gold glove since
1: 2012. Do you guys know who won that? Jay Sedley. Yes.
2: Said, it was I mean, Chase yeah, RBIs too that year.
1: Not just it's not just the first gold glove, it's the first major like singular player award that a Padre's had since that happened in 2012. My God, we've had some bad teams in the past. Oh, my yeah. God. We, don't, we haven't had a Cy Young. We haven't had a Gold Glove or a Silver Slugger since Chase Hedley got his Gold Glove and Silver Slugger in 2012. So, we almost
0: had a Cy Young when Hoffman, Trevor Hoffman could have won a Cy Young, but he blew one save and he didn't win a Cy Young. It's like, come on, man. How do you, how do you not give a Cy Young to Trevor freaking Hoffman after he only blows one save that entire year?
1: I mean, it's pretty impressive if a relief pitcher gets Cy Young. So... Yeah, even have gotten votes is impressive, in my opinion. But Mark Davis did it in 1989 for the Padres. I mean, that is true. Yeah, you got a point. You got a really good point.
2: 44 saves that year.
0: We the only MVP the Padres have had is Ken Caminiti, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he's the only MVP for the Padres. Oh my god. Shocking that Tony Gwynn never got an MVP.
0: That's weird. Yeah. It's like, how does Tony Gwynn not win an MVP? I,
1: you know, it, I, I think it's because of all the home runs that were getting hit when he was yep. playing baseball. Yeah, because that he... was like, because, yeah, he was hitting like 394, but that was right. And he was in over 300 consistently. But that was right when Mark McGuire started getting juiced. That was right when Ken Griffey Jr. started playing baseball and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa in the home run race. So no one cared about average. They just wanted to see who could reach 70 home runs first and that's what made three,
0: makes three me.
1: cheaters and then Ken Griffey
0: Jr. and Tony Gwynn. Oh man,
1: this sport has been all kind Kendrick of crazy. Jr. won an MVP though, if I'm not mistaken. Did,
2: yeah, he he definitely won he an did.
1: MVP. Yeah, 95.
2: 97. I mean, okay,
0: good. If Ken Griffey Jr. didn't win an MVP, oh my god. Do you guys know that Derek Jeter hasn't won an MVP either? That's pretty shocking. Yeah, Derek Actually, Jeter has never won the MVP award, which is really wow. weird.
2: But it, hey. can, You want to guess King Griffey's war in 1997 when he won the uh, MVP? 12. Jason? It's higher.
0: It's higher than that. It's higher than 12. That's higher than 12. I'm going to go with, like, 25.
2: No, or, it's lower. It's 9. It's oh. Nine. I 9.1 closer, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, for, that's really oh, good. Larry that Walker was, was a little bit higher that year 97 with 9.8. I
0: think we've just seen war rates just like spike in recent Dude, days. So. And
2: you know what's crazy? Larry
1: Walker almost didn't make the Hall of Fame, and that's his right, Larry... eligibility. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, Larry Walker almost didn't make the Hall of
1: Fame, and he had a 9.8 war in 97 that i mean i don't go i don't know how you don't put that in the hall of fame that's not he wasn't just good for one season either i i can't it took him 10 years just like Ed, edgar martinez that's unbelievable but but we're getting at trent grisham won to go glove and it's a special time for him it, it's a very special time for trent grisham up for a platinum award platinum glove now yeah i yeah, think. that's that's what all Gold Glovers get nominated for, but so yeah. But either way, like that's that's huge, and and this is a this is the guy who in 2019 gave up that ground ball that made that let that ground ball get by him in the wild card that went three run score and lost the lead to the eventual World Champion Washington Nationals. Yeah, he
0: bucknered it. He Billy Bucknered it. No, that was a bad hot. It was a weird hop because the ball kind of squibbed away
1: from when
2: it landed. Yeah, yeah, but 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 a normal, average fan would just say it got away from him.
1: But also, he attacked it. He 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 didn't. The ball wasn't in front of him. He like attacked it from the side, which I guess was an aggressive way to get the ball to get it home. is a little quicker, but you know that I would definitely have called that an error and a big one. if Christian Yelich was healthy that year, because he was injured
0: during that game, he wouldn't have been out there. It would have been Yelich mm-hmm. out in right field. Yelich probably would have made that play.
1: And then the Dodgers probably would have won the World Series. Oh, my God. You're
0: probably right. So, I
1: guess it's a good thing that Christian messed that up. Because I bet if they had Yelich, the Brewers would have won. And I don't think the Brewers were to beat the Dodgers.
0: No, I don't think so. It's weird. Man, when you consider that, like that
2: butterfly effect, it's so weird how things kind of happen like that. It's pretty crazy. And then who knows if the Padres really get Trent Grisham? Exactly. That too. That's a really good point.
0: I mean, somehow, I mean, to trade Luis Urias and Eric Lauer for the haul you get for, I don't know, what was it Zach
1: Davies and Trent Grisham? Pretty good haul. That's a great haul, especially considering Lauer. Was in the league for most of the year, and Arias had a, he had a pretty good season, but it wasn't anything special. And we got Jake Cronenworth, so just a lot of things working in favor of the Padres. And for Trent Grisham to get this Gold Glove, it's a real it, it's a really understated feel good story because of all the crap that happened last year when he missed that baseball in the playoffs, and to win a Gold Glove the next year. You know, a lot of people get real defeated with an error, with a crucial error like that. But Grisham just said, "Screw it, I'm gonna be the best I can be, and I'm not gonna let my past define me." And he want to go glove the next year. Really, really happy for turn Grisham.
0: Also, looking at the stats right now, yeah, I definitely do think we won that trade. You want to know what Luis Urias' stat line was in 2020 with the Brewers? Didn't he have like a was it a 226 average? Was that what it was? 239. Okay. average a 308 on base percentage at 294 slugging he had no home runs last year or in 2020. or hmm. no home runs not as many walks he only had four doubles and a triple so not a lot of extra base hits either yeah not a great year for losers which is sad because i wanted to succeed he did still well at el paso but, but when it happens it happens i'm not there are people who are critical of the trade at the time but i think they're not critical anymore
1: no, no! we won an award because of this and Zach Davies turned out to be probably was our most consistent pitcher all year so you can't really that's a really hard trade to argue now yeah you know,
0: Davies is going to be in the rotation next year he'll be like a mid
1: rotation
0: piece I think he'll be like a mid rotation piece not going to be opening day starter because they you know, you got Clevenger and Lament there but he'll be in the rotation he'll, he'll have to be in the rotation
2: you
1: would think they
0: could trade him if they're going to trade anyone, if the Padres are going to trade anyone, I honestly believe it's going to be Joey Lucchese they're going to trade.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we don't have a ton of lefties, but Joey Lucchese seemed to be expendable last year, and there should be no no reason for that to change, at least in my opinion.
2: See, this is why I brought up Blake Snell a few weeks ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you did, and he also told Jason (laughs) to write down that Manny Machado would win the gold glove.
2: Yeah, it still doesn't make any sense. I mean, these writers just don't know how to be bold with their picks.
1: It's picking no one, it's picking against no one Arenado, and it's really hard to pick against it. Is no one Arenado
0: okay? I gotta look this up. I need to look up Manny Machado's baseball saving numbers because we're going to baseball saving for this. They have some pretty good stuff when it comes to fielding. So, okay, here we are Manny Machado, fielding.
2: Let's this see. Last week. fielding percentage, errors.
0: Outs above average, three three outs above average, which if you don't know what outs above average is, it's basically how many outs you get over the guy who's your backup. That's really good a three a three outs above average. yeah it's it's not a whole inning. Yeah, that's a whole inning right there. Considering the fact that his, his OAA last year as a third baseman was negative six. Yeah, that's pretty good. I would say that's pretty darn good. And the fact that he didn't win it over Arenado, I mean, come on, Machado made some amazing plays at third base. And he was even shifting into the second baseman position like for the longest time as well. He was he was basically a pseudo-right fielder. Like you remember that play he made where he basically looked behind his
2: back and caught the ball and then fell to the ground. Yeah, it was like a receiver at the back end of the end zone.
1: Yeah. That was incredible. That was a Nolan Aeronauto had a play like that too against the Padres where he slid and caught it. Yeah. Points for style, right? That's points how st- it works. No. Points I'm for style, here. but I think they're
0: probably going to trade Aeronauto because he's probably sick of being in Colorado and losing.
1: You <laughs> know, hey, that maybe? Contract, though? that's a good point. Then they just sign a massive contract? They signed a Yeah, it was like eight years for
2: 260 or, two, or something
1: like that. Yeah, something like that. I think it was 268,000 yeah. a million. Million, oh, yeah. not thousand.
0: Definitely, <laughs> definitely not thousand. Oh my God! If you offer the Nolan Arana- Arenado the contract, <laughs> you throw it back in your face. Now, oh, and it does have a full no trade clause. For how long uh, it is eight years, two hundred sixty million, and um, let's see. It also has a full no trade clause. He can opt out for twenty twenty one. He's opting out next <laughs> he, year. He's going to opt out next year probably he'll be he'll be opting out sooner or
2: later Uh, that 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 left side of the infield free agent class is gonna be so bizarre next year
0: bizarre this year i mean look at all the opt-outs that we've had like of teams exercising the opt-out clause, and we got brad these next two years
2: actually i mean but just on that left side of the infield at shortstop in third base
0: it's gonna be a weird free agency i think it's gonna be a slow free agency to be honest because no one's gonna want to spend a lot of money you know, Other than A.J. Preller, who's probably hop- hopped up on some kind of pixie sticks or something, just signing everyone he can.
1: Maybe adult
0: pixie sticks. <laughs> just uh, okay. not going to mention that here at all right yeah, now. I there. But I think we're actually out of time right now. We're at, what, 57.5 minutes and counting right now. So I do believe that we are unfortunately out of time. But one last thing before we go. Finley, I did write down the fact you said a hot dog was a sandwich.
1: Oh, I had to write it down. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about this after. But look, uh, if you get the bun. OK, here's what happened. I, I had it I at home. I was making a hot dog. The bun was a little flimsy, and it split in half. And I was like, crap, how am I going to eat this? I got the bottom piece, I put the hot dog in the middle, and then I put the top piece on top. It's a sandwich. It's literally a sandwich. That that was my big realization it was a sandwich. I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Cause I I was on I was on your side. I didn't think it was, but very clearly you put one piece of bread down, you put the hot dog in the middle, you put the other one on top. Wait, no, it's not even a hot dog, it's called a beef rank. They're all called that on the outside. So don't tell me the meat part is a hot dog, because you're wrong. It's factually wrong. This has
0: been Picked Off, everyone. I'm Jason Front. I'm your host. My co-hosts are...
2: Revan Honda. And Andrew Finley. Oh, what a way to end it, boys. (laughs) What a way to end it, boys. Thank
0: you for listening, everyone. Hopefully we distracted you from all the crap that's going on in the world right now. Have a good day.